restart, restart, actually. Hello and welcome back to the Bye Week podcast. It's me, Blake Shield, alongside Cole Roberts and Quinn Kyle. We're sorry it's been a long time. It's been a busy semester for all three of us, just finishing college applications and pretty much just everything. But we're so excited to be back and we're going to start uploading more consistently. And we're just, we're just excited to be back with the fans and talk about football, the thing we love. Yeah, today, happy to be back. Happy to be back. We need it. Yeah, we need very it. happy to be back. So today we're going to be talking about, you know, midseason. We're just past midseason now, finishing week 10. So we're going to talk about our midseason awards. We're going to go through MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. And clarification, this is not who should win the award right now if the season was over. It's who do we think are the front runners? Who do we think is going to win the awards? And then we're going to get into fantasy football, buy low and sell high trade targets. People we should buy low on because right now in fantasy football, it's the mid it's the midseason in the NFL, but it's a prime season in fantasy football. Playoffs are only weeks away. And this is the time where you need to make good trades to get ready for the, either the playoffs or to help you not lose in the loser's bracket. We're going to talk about some buy low trade targets and some sell high people we should try to get rid of. And then we're going to talk about our rest of season ride or die. Just one player who you are completely on board with the rest of the season. Someone who can be a league winner and you have all the confidence in the world in. It's not going to be as basic as CMC or Tyreek or Jamar because obviously everybody has the confidence in them. We're talking about someone who's not a sleeper, but is not one of those superstars who you have all the trust in for the rest of the season and you're willing to ride with. Awesome. Let's start with our awards, midseason awards. Let's take it to MVP. Quinn, who you got? Oh, For my MVP, I have Tyreek Hill. I think he's been the most consistent, consistently dominant player in the league so far. Uh, definitely, you know, fantasy as well. He averages like 25 points. And he's been lethal for this Miami Dolphins offense. Obviously, the Dolphins are facing a bit of criticism right now because they can't beat a team with a winning record. But I don't think this team or this offense is where it is right now without Tyreek Hill. Like, he's truly an integral part of that offense. Um, and it just goes to show how valuable he is with uh, a number of different teams and how valuable he can be with a number of different teams with Mahomes and Tua. Like, he could truly be successful with any quarterback, which is super, super impressive and not a thing that many players can say, like Devontae Adams, who hasn't been successful on the Raiders. So I don't think any QB is particularly standing out right now. So I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill as my MVP. Cole, what about you? Yeah, I really like that take, Quinn. I like that you're thinking outside the box, not giving it to a QB. But, you know, if I'm a betting man, if I'm putting money on it, we know it's probably going to go to a quarterback. And right now, I think the best quarterback in the NFL this season, at least, has been Lamar Jackson. You know, even this last week on a down week against the Browns, they lost. You know, the Ravens offense still put up 31 points. And what's funny is everyone's saying, oh, he's doing so bad in fantasy for my team. And, oh, he's only putting up 11 points. But not always do you need, like, to be putting up a ton of points in terms of fantasy to be a great quarterback. I mean, he's he's in the top half of the league for passing yards. He leads quarterbacks in rushing yards. He has the Ravens better than I think they've ever been. And right now I have them as favorites to win the Super Bowl or at least win the AFC. So I think that Lamar Jackson really deserves it for the turnaround he's made for this Ravens team that kind of had to down you last year. I actually love both your guys' points. For Quinn, Tyreek Hill is having an honestly historic season. They hit 1,000 yards at week eight. is nothing that's ever been done before. And I know people say this every year, but in my lifetime, I have never been more confident someone could break the, the record this year. I really, I really haven't been. Yeah. I think he really break the two. He could break 2000 easily. 
And for the one thing I'll say about Tyreek is like what Cole said, it, it really is a QB award. And it, it's come to that in the NFL that unless, and maybe if it's at 2000 mark, then it's possible. But unless it is an all time season, it's always pretty much going to go to a quarterback, which is a bummer, but that's the thing it is. And for Lamar, I would like the Lamar take and the Ravens have just been so successful. And I think he's one of the front runners. The one thing I'll say about Lamar is that some of the things that Lamar does doesn't show up on stats, which is which is tough to win the MVP. It's like he's so integral for his team and he's so important to the run game and the pass game. But the numbers, like you said about fantasy, the numbers compared to Mahomes and the and the Allens are, just aren't as big because of his role in the team. And that ends up playing a big role in the MVP race, which is a bummer. Yeah. My pick for MVP is none other than Patrick Mahomes. It, uh, it, it's the most boring pick. I, I get it. It's basic. But when I think of MVP, I think of this person who plays the most important role on their team and who is the most impactful on our team. And I, th I think it's Mahomes. I really do. The Chiefs have had, a, have had a bad receiving core in the last few years. We can all agree on that. I think this year especially, it is very bad. Like, not only is there yeah. just not good receivers, there is negatives at receiver. I honestly think so. Kadarius, yeah. Tony, like, MBS, they they are they're actually invisible. <laughs> to think that the best receiver on a team that just won the Super Bowl and a team that's has is there a three loss team? Are they a three loss team or two loss? Three team? loss, three loss. I think they're a three loss team and a team that just won the Super Bowl and their best receiver is a third round rookie at SMU is is astonishing. It really is. To, for Rasheed Rice to be the best receiver, the fact that they're still doing this good and, and even though Mahomes is having somewhat of a down year, I think Mahomes is the most valuable player. That, that there is in the NFL, and I think he will win the award. Yeah, but to say that he has no receiving core is, you know, an understatement when you consider that he does have the best tight end in all of football. And I agree, but I, I will even say it. I will even say I think Kelsey's he's taking a step back. Like, he, I can finally no, say I think he is slowing down a little bit. He still leads all tight ends this season. I mean, he's Oh, yes, yes. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, yes, he has the worst, like, wide receivers in the league, but no other QB has a tight end like – uh like Kelsey. And I think that he definitely benefits from that. But the fact that, you know, it's a down year right now for Mahomes and he's fifth in the league for passing that speaks to just how good he is. And so I really like that pick. I just, you know, I it's wish basic. that it sucks, it but yeah, I wish that it wasn't yeah. Patrick Mahomes, you know? Yeah. I think, I think obviously Mahomes basically uh, like, even if he plays bad or good, whatever, he's always going to be in the MVP conversation. But I think if you're going to put, Mahomes in the MVP conversation this year, then it's only fair to put CJ Stroud in the conversation as well, considering they have very comparable stats. And I think in a lot of metrics, CJ has better stats than, the Mah than Mahomes right now. And I mean, also they have comparable receiving cores. You talk about, you talk about Rasheed Rice being a third round draft pick being Mahomes best receiver. Well, Stroud's best receiver is a third-round draft pick out of Houston. Obviously, Tank Dell is a little better than Rasheed Rice's, but still third-round picks. And then, like Cole was saying, no one else has has Travis Kelsey. Obviously, Dalton Schultz is a good tight end, but he's no Travis Kelsey. Yeah, well, see, yeah the, like the, the turnaround that C.J. Stroud has made on this Texans team, last year the Texans were unbearable to watch. Unbearable. And it's a relatively similar roster. But but that's to me, too. They have a one new coach. Have they have a new coach. Obviously, you have to give credit. You have to give credit to the coach, and I'll get into that later. But the way that CJ Stroud has been able to completely turn around this offense, and has made a team who had the number two overall pick last year into a playoff contender this year, is not some. It's not normal, and is not something that we have seen for a while. 
So I just like people need to give credit where credit is due to CJ Stroud. All right. And we'll we'll talk more about him later because I I think most of us would have him coming up later on our list of awards. But uh one thing I want to talk about is defensive player of the year. I feel like this one's starting to become a runaway for Miles Garrett. I mean, currently tied for the league lead in sacks. Dude's been a beast. The Cleveland defense is probably top five in the league right now. I mean, it has been phenomenal. Top two, not two. Okay, Quinn, pipe down. But seriously, like I, I've been very impressed by Miles Garrett. And so, again, as much as I hate to admit it with Quinn here, he's a Browns fan. I got to give credit where credit's due. It, it's going to be Miles Garrett this year for sure. We all three agree because it is Miles Garrett. And to have anybody else right now would just be incorrect. He is the best defensive player in, in the league right now. And he might be the best athlete in the NFL. Sometimes I feel like he is just such a tank. Like to watch him jump over the line and block that kick. He really can. He really can do everything. And uh, it's his award. You know, there's the TJ Watts. There's the Bosa's. But it, this is this is his year. I really do think so. Yeah, he's not much to talk about there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's been in contention ever since he was a rookie and just hasn't quite gotten over the hump in the second half of the year. But, I mean, this first half has been a dominant performance for Miles Garrett. I mean, there's been at least two games that I've watched from the Browns where he's just, like, completely taken over and have made game-altering plays. Like last week against the Ravens where he got two sacks in a row in order to push him out of field goal. Like, that, like that's just not something that most teams in the NFL there's maybe like three teams in the NFL where they have a guy that can do that so I mean it's just really impressive um yeah and I and I don't think anyone's frankly super close to Miles Garrett right now yeah and but the you know all right so we all got defensive player of the year but you know one that I think there is a lot of debate for is offensive player of the year right now and I think uh, anyone of us is going to either say Tyree Kill or Christian McCaffrey, right? Like those two are really dueling for it. Like, you know, I, I feel like right now I'd give the edge to Tyreek just because, you know, if I'm a betting man, he has that higher chance to break that 2000 yard mark. And I think when, when a receiver does eventually break that, it's going to be a shoe in type of year, like how uh, it was for Cooper cup the other year when he broke the record or when he got the triple crown. But I mean, McCaffrey's touchdown production, like, this week, the first week of the year, was the first time he didn't have a touchdown. Like he he's been so dominant all year, and still in the game, the uh, Niners put up thirty six. Like it's since he got traded, I think it's the first time he hasn't had a touchdown. Yeah, he, no, yeah, it's he's, true. He's been unstoppable. Uh, Blake, are you still there? Uh, my, my, I have a little bit of camera issues, but <laughs> I'm still here. Um, You're good. I'm back. But yeah, I think. For me personally, though, if I'm betting, it's going to be Tyree Kill, just because if he hits that 2,000 yard mark, I think it's his award. If he breaks, yeah, I think I think it depends on, yeah, I think it depends on if he wins even the MVP. Like he's probably not going to win the MVP, which sucks because I think he is the MVP. Because in my opinion, no QB is really. I've mentioned I mentioned this before, but no QB is really standing out. And I think you know, like I said, the most consistent dominant player has been Tyree Kill. So I think he should win the MVP. But if he doesn't, then I then I think he'll probably win offensive player of the year. But there's just no way he can't win either of those two awards. Like it, one of them has to go to him. Um like barring barring an injury to Tyree Kill, I, I I really do think that it it is his award. He's running away with it. Obviously if he hit the two thousand mark he would be an historical season. But even if he doesn't and he and he breaks the record it, 
he's I think he's still going to win it. CMC is amazing, but uh, you know, actually, I think it really could go either way. But I I would I would be I would bet on to Tyreek Hill on this point. Let's let's talk about offensive rookie of the year. I, I think we'd all like to agree on this one. Yeah, CJ Puka Nakua. Yo, that's true. Wow. Is that you put? Everyone seems to have forgot. All right, obviously, I think it's gonna be Stroud, but everyone seems to have forgotten about Puka Nakua. I mean, he was off to a like historic start, and everyone said, "Oh my God!" All right, there we go. We got our offensive rookie of the year. It was a shoe in. I mean, he's still top five in the league for receiving yards. Like, he has been phenomenal this year, and. I think to just fully discredit him is pretty criminal, but the the run Stroud's been on now, unfortunately for Pukunakua, I think eclipses him. But you know, I just want to give my little shout out to him because I think that he really is in any other year very deserving of it. Um, yeah, I, and I want to talk about Stroud a little bit in the Texans offense because I, I didn't get a touch on the MVP. Um, I think it, it's Stroud's award, and Stroud is having an amazing year, and. He is really showing up. I mean, all the doubts about his test scores and all that, it's pretty, pretty much put, put down the drain, which is awesome. But Stroud's receiving court is is notably better than the Chiefs, I think. I, I just want to touch on that from earlier. I, I do I do really think so. I mean, yes, I think Tank Dell is, is, is a little bit better than Rasheed Rice. Tank Dell has proved a lot of haters wrong that he is he's really solid. And not only that, I think Tank Dell would be the best receiver in the Chiefs. Then you take Nico Collins, I think he'd easily be the best receiver in the Chiefs as well. I think that... Yes, it's not. It's no Jay Jet and Jordan Addison receiving court. It's no Waddle and Tyreek, but it's it's notably better than the Chiefs, I think. Uh, yeah, but I mean, when you're talking about the receiving court, you have to include the tight end, and the gap between Travis Kelsey and any other tight end is is very big. I think they're comparable. I I think the the Texans certainly do have a I bit mean, of the edge on the I receiver would say side. That even Noah Brown could could put up big numbers with the Chiefs. Well, Noah Brown, yes, phenomenal. Well, like. Well, anyone can put up. They can't though. That's the thing. That's the saying. They can, but they can't though. MBS is is like actually a negative. And, and same with with Tony. <laughs> yeah. They 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 make it worse for Mahomes. They can't catch anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I agree. It, I was that's fair. Say just even yeah, that's why I just think Mahomes is so valuable. But I think comparing O lines, um, and definitely co- and coaching staff wise, you have to you have to consider that. I mean, what CJ Stroud? I think Miko Ryan's is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, no, he's a phenomenal coach. Reed. He's a phenomenal coach. He's no Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah, that's I true. Know, I we got a little off topic. I think we all agree that it, yeah. that yeah. Stroud. I mean, yeah, no, yeah I, other honorable mentions you could say. I think Puka Nakua is a good shout out. I think Jordan Addison is actually underratedly having an amazing season yeah. as well. It's not yes. easy to put up those numbers as a rookie. Yeah, Tank Dell starting to make a little name for Tank himself Dell as well. But, yeah, but it's CJ Stroud. Let's be real. Um, and obviously, I mean, coming into the season, the biggest name on the planet, the Bijan hype, but it, it, it really is a coaching. I mean, I'm, I've been the biggest Bijan lover ever, and there's, I'm not going down on anything. Like, I'm not, I'm not lowering my standards. I, I really just think it's a coaching matter in that the way Arthur Smith runs his offense is not notable for, for specific players. He spreads the ball to everybody, and he gives it to, to Cordell Patterson, the one-yard line. Like, it is really hard to be a superstar on the, on the Falcons, which, which is a shame, and uh, it's not Bijan's fault. Yeah. Yeah. How about D rookie of the year? Yeah, this one's been a lot harder for me because I just feel like there hasn't been any like super standout defensive rookies, right? Like currently I'd I'd put it for Jalen Carter. I mean, he has four sacks. He has, I think like, let me check, 16 tackles. Like he's had a solid season. And so of the rookies, I'd say he's probably having the best year. But, you know, this is a year where like last year's Sauce Gardner was so amazing. Remember, like everyone was like, all right, Sauce Gardner's winning it. Like it's, 
there we go. Just right now, I don't think anyone's running away with it. But if I was going to give it to someone, I'd give it to Jalen Carter. Vic? I'm going to go with Devon Witherspoon. I think he's had a very dominant cornerback um, year. Obviously, it's not necessarily comparable to Sauce Gardner, but I think he's made a big impact on that Seattle secondary um, and, you know, has likely be, and has been a standout on a, in a Seattle secondary that's pretty much loaded with talent. Like, you can hate on Jamal Adams all he wants, but he's still a really good player. Same with Tariq Woolen. So, I think... I think Devon Witherspoon is is definitely in that conversation. I'd probably give it to him over Jalen Carter. Uh, I I thought about Devon Witherspoon as well, but I ended up going with Jalen Carter for multiple reasons. One reason is that just like how the MVP is very quarterback noteworthy, the D people on the D line have become the most popular players for in a lot of times. I mean, think about edge rushers. I mean, think about people on the D line that usually win the the awards. It, it's just popular. And Jalen Carter is having a, a actually a really good season for a rookie. I mean, he is doing has good numbers, like like Cole said, he has 16 tackles and four sacks and two forced fumbles. That, that's those are big numbers, and he's having to get doubled in a lot of games on an already stacked offensive line. I mean, defensive line for the Eagles. Another part of it is just the success of his team. I mean, the Eagles are playing a lot of primetime games. Their their Eagles are probably the most talked about team. You guys, that is a factor. I mean, it's hard for. Seattle is a big team, but I mean, the Eagles are the Eagles. It, it's it's hard for those smaller teams to win the awards, especially when Jalen Carter is getting all this talk. And um, yeah, I mean, it, this this is this is up in the air. I really do think so. It depends a lot on the second half of the season, but I would I would bet on Jalen Carter. Yeah, th- this one's definitely I think an award that's a bit more up in the air, but I think it is between those two players, Devon Witherspoon and Jalen Carter. So, surely whoever has a more impact impactful second half of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah I not agree. A strong year for defensive player of the years, though. It's just no, just not really. Yeah. yeah, hasn't been that really hasn't been that many good defensive rookies, to be yeah. honest. I mean, yeah. I think Gonza could have won it if he played the whole season. Christian Gonzalez, he he was really oh, really yeah. good his first three games, which sucks. Yeah. He he probably should have been the first corner off the board, even above Witherspoon. Yes, like, yes. Everyone was surprised when Witherspoon went thirteen spots higher than him. It was pretty shocking, bro. Yeah. Like the the first five weeks, whatever he played, he was like a top ten in every stat. Yeah, he was great, but you know, he tore his ACL, right? Something ACL in his lower, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. That's a killer. I, I, I think Will Anderson could have been in this conversation, but his stats just don't. Nah, just, his yeah, stats just aren't there. He's been he's been quiet. He's right? been he's, he's been, been impactful, but he but the stats aren't there for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, How about comeback uh, player? Uh, Quinn, we'll default to you for this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Brees Hall. I think what he's doing this year is amazing. He's been very, very valuable, especially fantasy-wise, ever since he came back. Um, so I, I would give it to Brees Hall. It's likely going to go to DeMar Hamlin. Um, Sucks, bro. It, it, I mean, it, it's a, Can we have a, it's a about great, DeMar Hamlin? It's a great story in everything like that. But I don't even know if he's played a snap this year and... If he he's, has, he's he hasn't done anything. He's the third he string safety on the yeah. Bills. No, so he's not even third string. He's fifth string. He, it's obviously, obviously situations he'd we, get cut. We need, to get, we need to give credit where credit's due. It's pretty incredible that he basically died twice and is still playing football. Like, that's like that's a big deal. But if we really want to give it to whoever has made the most impactful, um, has been return. most impactful for their team, yeah, the most impactful return for their team, I think it'd be Brees Hall. The running, the rushing element 
has been missing from that team, and it was missing from that team last year. And, you know, Brees Hall has earned his keep over very, very respected running backs such as Dalvin Cook. So I think that's something we have to respect and honor with Brees Hall. Yeah, I, I really like that take, Vig. I, I was worried you were going to go to the DeMar Hamlin. That is actually a phenomenal pick. Uh, I was between uh, Brees Hall, but I ultimately went with Tua Tagovailoa. After so many concussions last year, so many missed games, even missing their playoffs, he's come back. You know, He took uh, Taekwondo over summer to learn how to fall. He's avoided injury this year, and he has balled out with the Dolphins this season. Oh, my God. I, I honestly think he's probably one of the top front runners for MVP even. I didn't go with him, but I would totally respect an opinion saying that he should be. I think he's just been amazing this year. If anyone else wins comeback player of the year, other than Tua, I agree, Quinn, it should be Brees, but I really, really am strongly believing that it should be Tua this year. Yeah, I was I was really up in the air. I mean, I like both those takes, really, listening. I was really up in the air about this award because I just feel like this award, it's so up in the air with like the, the rules about it, how many games can they miss, and it ends up just kind of becoming a weird award. I, contrary to both you guys, went with Josh Dobbs as my yes. comeback player of the year. That's I mean, nice. let's nice. think about it. Last year, he was the biggest journeyman. I mean, every practice squad, someone got hurt. Oh, they signed Josh Dobbs. Titans signed Josh Dobbs. The Browns signed Josh Dobbs. Steelers. This year, he comes into it, what the offseason thought as one of the best, sorry, one of the worst teams we've seen in this decade. The Cardinals, people said that about the Cardinals. Really, they said that. And they came out and competed with almost every single team. Yes, the record is really bad, but it's like, it's not like they're just they getting killed the out Cowboys. here. They beat the Cowboys. And in the games they're playing is like 27, 24, 16, 14, like games like that. And Dobbs just put his life on the line every play. And then he gets traded to the Vikings, where he is balled out, and he's kind of became like this, this hero in the NFL. Everybody loves to talk about Josh Dobbs and how he was an astronaut. He's just like, he's a, he's a loved guy in the NFL. Everybody really likes him, all the fans. And he's proved that he, he can really start. I mean, he's going to get a contract after this year, like a legit contract on a team. And I'm proud of him for that. And he really turned around his journeyman ways, and he, he is going to play a real role on a team next year. And he showed everybody this year that he I mean, he came back from just kind of being overlooked. Yeah. D does he qualify, though, for the award? Um, I looked at the betting odds, and he was on there. People were betting okay, on him. So, yes. He would. But, yeah, I, I like that take. Um, I, I just don't I think, think of him as, like, a comeback player just because, like, you know, he was playing last year. But, I mean, <clears> in a sense, though, Geno Smith won the award last year. Yeah. He was just backing up people that's the thing like you can technically say oh he came back from being bad yeah. like that, that that's stupid but that yeah. is a point that is a part of it no that's you know want it very respectable very respectable uh coach of the year uh I, I don't know if there's too much to be about this one actually i'm sure there is but i got D'Amico ryan's that turnaround he's done in texas the phenomenal drafting i mean i've just been blown away by him uh blake in the offseason made a whole report about D'Amico ryan's and i was kind of like oh gosh like i don't know like First time head coach, and then he's just been phenomenal this he's year. I, like, yep. Nate Blake, you totally called it that he was going to be a great head coach, and he has been. I think he's very deserving of the award. Yeah, I agree. I have D'Amico Ryan's as well. The Texans' turnaround has been incredible. They have a winning record right now um, with, a, with a very young, young core and a very new um, coaching staff. So very, very impressive. Obviously, they use their draft capital very well. Um, He's running a very tight ship right now. So it's something that the Texans fans should be really happy with is their quarterback and their coach. Yeah, I guess we have that D'Amico full sweep because, you know, I, I love D'Amico too, and I've loved what he's done. And 
Um, people expected this to be a four or five year turnaround until they're really a team that could compete. Like there was nobody who thought this, oh, the Texans this year, you know, they're going to fight for a playoff spot. How quickly he's been able to turn around this team from what Lovey Smith had it last year as the worst team in the league until they won that last game to a team that is competing against the best of the best in the NFL is, is truly exceptional. And D'Amico deserves all the love. Yeah, totally. Totally. Let's get All into right. fantasy football, the thing that everybody loves. Everyone loves. How about some buy lows? Quinn, Ooh. do you want to start? I would love to start. I have Adam Thielen as a buy low. He's been phenomenal this season. Uh, I have him on my fantasy football team, so obviously I love him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the last two weeks have been iffy. He's gotten at like 9 and 10 points, so it hasn't been great. So if you could get Adam Thielen, don't come, don't come to me because I'm not trading him. Um, <laughs> don't don't but, worry. Dick. But if you could get Adam Thielen in your in your league, I'd get him. Obviously, the Panthers' offense hasn't been great over the last two weeks. Bryce Young's been getting a lot of criticism. But whether you like it or not, Adam Thielen is the wide receiver one on that team, and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot because they're going to be down in a lot of games. So I would get Adam Thielen if you can. Oh, uh, that's. That's a very, uh, you know, good take. I think Thielen's been good this year, but uh, one guy who I think everyone should be buying low on is Tony Pollard right now. I mean, he's had a few bad games in a row now. You know, and he's a starting running back for a Dallas team, and you know, even earlier in the season when he's not even touchdown dependent, he like guys, he hasn't scored since week one of the season. It's crazy. You know, he's, and yet he's still been putting up very respectable numbers, 19, 15, 10, 17. Now he's had three bad weeks in a row. Pollard fancy owners, especially ones who like don't know fancy football very well, are going to want to trade him away. So I would say go buy Tony Pollard very, very low right now. Yeah, I mean, the, I like the Thielen take. I really do think Thielen's been a sleeper this year. The one thing I'll say about Pollard is that a big part of fantasy football is just having players on explosive offenses. It, like no matter what happens, you know if they're on explosive offense, it's like eventually going to turn around and it's going to work out because that offense scores points. I kind of trust that that the that Pollard's going to be back in business because this team is scoring forty points a game. They're going to start going to Pollard. Mine, my buy low is Cooper Cup. Mm. He's had also three bad weeks in a row with three weeks under seven points. A, a big part of that is QB play. I mean, without Stafford. This, the, I mean, the, the quarter, backup quarterback was absolutely horrible, and then he got cut for Carson Wentz. Like, he was trash. Cup's upside on a regular basis with the Stafford is legit wide receiver one. His upside is the moon. When Stafford's back, we, we saw him with Stafford, like, the first week he was back, and he played amazing straight out of the bat. I'm, I'm buying low on the entire Rams receiving core. I think it's a great chance to get someone who could be a league winner and can be the best receiver in all of fantasy football for the next half a season for a pretty low amount. So uh, if you can get Puka or Cup, I, I love that. Yeah. Quinn? Um, yeah, I mean, I, as a Pollard fantasy manager, it's been uh, very, very rough. Um, going through a rough patch right now. Um, so, I mean, I just don't see him. He, he gets no, you have to understand, he gets no red zone touches. Yeah. He gets no red zone touches. The amount of times the Cowboys throw the ball inside the 10-yard line is mind-blowing. I, I mean, 
Paul and Pollard's not putting up the yards in order to sustain this. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. In my opinion, that doesn't mean that he's due for a touchdown. In my opinion, that's a concern for me. Like not scoring since week one is a concern for me. And he's doing honestly, I, mean, he's I don't I don't know what the deal then. is. I don't know what the deal is. No, no. I don't know what the deal is, but the, there's something with the Cowboys and having their backup running back be better than their RB1. Have you Rico noticed Daldo, that? Bro. Daldo, Daldo has been significantly better running the football than Tony Pollard has, which is an area of concern for me. Daldo got 12 points in comparison to Pollard's five this week. <laughs> Daldo is going to start getting, is going to keep being more involved. And it's not like, oh, he's giving Pollard. Uh, an easier workload, and he's going to be more energized. No, he's been doing that this entire year. Daldo has been getting more and more involved, and Pollard has been getting worse and worse and worse. So, sure, if you can, so so if you can, you know, if you're willing to take a risk on Pollard and get him for super super low, maybe. But I honestly just don't see his season turning around anytime soon. Well, and. See, that's what I'm saying, guys. Fantasy managers who have Pollard on their team are frustrated, like Quinn. Yes. So you want to buy low. He is super low. He's still a phenomenal fantasy running back. He's just had a few bad weeks in a row. And look, this is my evidence, if anything. Yeah, he's it going actually, to be that, sold yeah. low. Fantasy, that's the Pollard, amazing. My bad. Pollard dude. managers are tired. That's the amazing. Yeah, but but Pollard hasn't proven any like. The thing is, on a buy low, it's a guy who's going through a rough patch, but he has proven stuff earlier in the season. I don't. I mean, Pollard hasn't. I, in my opinion, Pollard hasn't proven that much. Pollard, this, he's Pollard, had, this is the amazing. He Pollard has had two good weeks above his fantasy proje- projection. Two weeks one and week two. But Otherwise, he's not met his fantasy down projection. weeks. He's still scoring like twelve plus, and so that's a solid flex play. And I mean, God, you can his probably floor, his bench. floor is five points. Oh my god. Okay, That's you can't look floor. at floor because every team every player has like a really bad week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also, this is the amazing thing about fantasy football. There's an emotional attachment in these games. Once your starting player starts doing bad, you're fine with trading him away. That's why buying low works super well. Uh, yes, I'm just, yes. It, I'm it, just saying hard. if you have Tony Pollard and you could get any player with any sort of value, I'd be told both sides, both sides of the trade are fair in a total in a Tony Pollard trade. If you're buying low on him, then that's great. Like, sure, he's a good buy low target. But I think I also understand if you're gonna sell Tony Pollard. If you could get yeah. if you could get anyone comparable with any sort of consistency that um that's like over 12, 14 points, like then I would take that. Cause you know, you can't sit around and wait for Tony Pollard. But if and you're I, a guy who's already clinched playoffs or is in good position and can afford to take a risk on Pollard. Who could potentially boom the second half of the season? Then I totally understand. So there's definitely two sides to this. Yeah, and I I agree. But the one thing I'll say is that sometimes you just gotta trust the numbers over watching the game. And if my running backs gonna get 18 touches a game, then that's someone I want every week, no matter if he's doing bad. It's gonna it's gonna turn around. And Pollard is most of the time getting like 15, 15, 16, 17 carries and three or four catches. I mean, no matter the efficiency, if I can know that my player is getting upwards of 18 touches a game. That, that That's exactly what I want in fantasy. Yeah. yeah. And all this, talk I mean, about Pollard, all this talk about Pollard, though, like another guy that I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on as a buy low is DJ Moore. I mean, he's had a few pretty bad weeks now. I mean, he hasn't eclipsed 15 points since week five. 
he's been on a rough stretch right now, but we've seen how he can be in this offense. I mean, he once Justin Fields comes back, he was looking really good with DJ Moore earlier in the season. So if you can trade for DJ Moore right now, I think he's a phenomenal buy low target. Managers are probably getting pretty antsy with him. They'll probably just trade him for someone a little more consistent. Go out and buy him. He's going to be there, Blake. Um, yeah, no, I actually agree. It's people forget because you know people don't watch the Bears that much that it's been Tyson Bajan the last three weeks in a row. D two quarterback out of Shepherd, bro was playing like Montclair State, like the most insane <laughs> schools I'd ever heard of, straight to the NFL. He, there was no offensive attack. There really was not. And yes, Fields is no perfect quarterback, and I'm a Fields hater. But the one thing I'll say is that towards the end of of, of Fields' healthy run before he got hurt, he was finding the way. He was finding the ball in DJ Moore's hands. He was realizing that sometimes you got to trust your best receiver. Trust your best receiver. DJ Moore broke the Thursday Night Football fantasy full points record all time. There's obviously some connection there, and it, it, it was it was it was coming together. And uh, maybe they set this back a few weeks, but. I'm 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 in on DJ Moore as well. I think that he has he's one of those guys with with an extreme upside. I guess I'll go into my my buy low as well. After saying that, mother buy low is someone I actually just bought low on, Devontae Adams. I still consider him a buy low more than anything. More than anything right now, the buy low is is culture. I mean, we saw how mad Devontae Adams was getting with Joshua Daniels' offense and with Jimmy G. And now we see that he's happy and he's jumping in the locker room and he's playing mini hoop. I mean, a big part of the NFL is culture. And, and if your player is happy, they're going to perform better. They're going to be more willing to like, you know, like connect with the quarterback and, and, and understand things. And also for a while, the big issue was that Jacoby Myers is having an amazing season. Jacoby Myers is being as productive and getting as many catches as Devontae or more. Suddenly with this new offense under Antonio and, uh, and Aiden O'Connell, Jacoby Myers the last three weeks combined has eight targets. Devontae Adams last week alone had 13 targets. It's obviously switching back to a Devontae Adams offense. And even if Aiden O'Connell is not that accurate and he's not going to be able to drop dimes like Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers did, if he's getting 13 targets a game, put him in my damn lineup. That's what I say. Dang. Dang straight. Dang straight. Vig, back to you. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair take. Uh, Another person who had to deal with Devontae Adams this season. That <laughs> offense is very unwatchable. And, um, it, yeah, I, I just couldn't deal with him getting five points every day. So I gave him the Blake, um, which I was fine doing. I'm, I'm still fine with the trade. It, I mean, obviously, you, I mean, you probably win that trade, but you're in a very different position. Yeah. It's uh, different. Fantasy wise this year. So I needed some players who had any value whatsoever. And Devontae Adams just was not giving me anything. So, um, I think that's going to end up being a good trade for you, and hopefully that it'll end up being a good trade for me. Um, your buy low. Or do you want to move on to sell highs or now? Um, we... Do you guys yeah, have any more buy lows to say? Highs. Huh? Give us some sell highs. Yeah, give okay. us a sell high. One sell high I have is Najee Harris. Najee Harris has had you know some solid production over the last four weeks, which I'm you know I'm happy for him. Uh, I've had him on my team a couple times. But um, the thing is, he has some tough opponents coming up, I think. Um, he's got to play the Browns' defensive line. Uh, he's got to play Cincinnati's defense. He's got to play Baltimore's defense. He's got to play New England. This is not production that I think is going to maintain. Obviously, they've been giving him more touches with like 14, 16, and 16. 
Um, and so, you know, the last four, four weeks, he's been getting 15, 10, 15, 18. He's starting to get some touchdown carries, which is good, but the beginning of that season is still a bit of a concern for me. He doesn't have a single game over 100 yards, and his receiving, um, and his receiving upside is very, very low. Um, so he's just not someone who I see being a consistent option for the rest of the year. Oh, that's very valid. That's valid. Uh, on to like my sell highs, and I already know like how this is going to be interpreted because I really mean it in the sense that like he's a great player, but now is the time to like sell him and get even better value for him. And I'm going to say Tank Dell. Like I just think he's been doing so great these last few weeks, and you probably got him off of either waivers or like you took him late in your draft. I mean, you definitely didn't spend too much capital on him. Now is the time to trade him away. I mean, you could probably get solid, like either like flex running backs or even a probably RB2 or maybe another starting receiver. Or maybe you have a bad team and you need to just fill out the rest of your team. Like you just need guys. Tank Dell can be a great trade piece right now because he's great. And I totally respect you if you want to hold on to him. But selling high on him right now may be a really smart decision because I don't know that anyone in the league's stock is going to get any higher than his is right now with the way Stroud has been playing. The Texans are clicking. I think he's a phenomenal sell high trade guy. Yeah. Especially because Nico Collins missed last week when Nico's back, a lot of those targets are going to go back towards Nico. My first sell high is actually George Kittle. The, the first thing I'll just say is that the 49ers offense is impossible to predict. And I'm, I'm starting to get like frustrated and kind of done with it. You know, they have so many good weapons, but Obviously, CMC is great every week, but the uh, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, one of them is going to have an amazing week. The next week, they're going to have zero. The next week, they're going to have zero. Debo's going to have a great week. Ayuk's going to have zero. Kittle's going to have two touchdowns, and then Debo and Ayuk are going to have zero. It's like it, like it's impossible. It's like they have the Mike Williams syndrome. You know what I mean? It's so up and down. They're never consistent. And and George Kittle's coming off two amazing weeks, but I really think of it as just one amazing week. I mean, he had a nine catch on 11 target week for like 125 yards. That's a great week. This week he just came off was a three catch week. He took for 116 yards and a touchdown. Those aren't sustainable numbers. The, the, those are numbers that look great for fantasy, but they're not great on paper. And uh, so obviously his draft stock, his trade stock is really high right now. And tr in tight ends in general, we're in a little bit of a tight end renaissance for years. It was tight end wasteland. Now there's a lot of tight ends that are playing great the last few weeks. I mean, think about guys that came off waivers that have been amazing. Dalton Kincaid, uh, the Trey McBride, um, you know, Luke Musgrave. I mean, there's a lot of guys in line starting David Njoku. Tight ends are starting to, 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 to peak right now. A lot of them are, are getting to 12 to 15 range, which we've been asking for for years. And yes, Kittle might be a little bit above, but there's a lot of other guys. It's not as big of a jump as it, as, as it has been in the past. So Kittle coming off two amazing weeks. If you can trade him and get, you know, some other people like Cole was talking about to fill your lineup up and then pick some off for waivers for tight end that might still get you 10, 12 points a game. It seems it seems worth to me. You know, I think that's fair. He's been he's definitely had very, very high production recently and his trade value is is higher than ever. Yeah. So if you're going to trade him, that would be the time to um, I have Kittle and I've been super happy with him, uh, especially over the last three weeks. He's gotten 13, 23 and 22, which has been really nice. Obviously, the four targets last game is a bit of a concern. Um, but I think that explosive element is, you know, because Kittle did have that super long touchdown, which gave him all those points. That explosive element is an element of, of George Kittle um, that fantasy managers love. Like, he's got the big play. 
So, you know, at any given moment, even if he's having a bad game, he could really turn it around and scrap some points. And, you know, Brock Purdy has always loved him. He's a great security blanket for him. Obviously, Debo Samuel's back. But I feel like that's almost helping uh, George Kittle. Obviously, he's getting less targets, but uh, Kelsey's less or Kittle is less worried about. There's going to be a lot more attention drawn to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Ayuk's having a hell of a year. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, there's plenty of attention to Christian McCaffrey. So I think that's going to create a lot of opportunities for George Kittle. But I do see the 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 thought process behind trading Kittle now. And um, I guess I'll move on to my other so high, which is going to be Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker has had a great year so far, and he just got 21 points. But the, my issue is his schedule. He has a very, very hard schedule coming up, um, especially in the playoffs. He's got to play San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco again, Philadelphia. He's got to play Pittsburgh's D-line. These are very, very difficult defenses. And the last time he played a comparable, the last two times he's played a comparable D-line, such as the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens, he got eight points and he got two points. This is definitely an area of concern for me if I'm a Kenneth Walker manager. So I think now, especially after he just got 21 points and with the beginning of this and with the start of the season that he's had, I think now would be a great time to sell him in order to get some running backs that have a bit more upside just because Kenneth Walker's schedule coming up is very, very difficult. Yeah. I like that take actually a lot. Yeah. All right. Rapid fire. Just if you guys have any, any more, just like quick explanation. Uh, I was just going to say Najee Harris. I mean, he's had uh, four consecutive weeks, double digit points and all of those though. He has touchdowns. He's become so touchdown dependent. If there's ever a time to sell on Najee Harris, it's right now because He's gonna Jalen Warren's taking his snaps, so I, I would say sell high on Jalen or on Najee Harris right now. Rapid fire for me, uh, Brian Robinson Jr. Mm. He had 130 receiving yards. He has 130. Oh, I messed that up. Sorry. Let me restart this. This week he had 116 receiving yards on the season. Before this, he's only had 130. <laughs> the, like this was like a fluke game where somehow he was like the most baller receiver of all time, I and mean, it hasn't been amazing for Brian Robinson before this. Um. He's the, he has two he's finishes. He has, he has two finishes as the RB one for the week, and the rest of them outside the top fifteen. It's like he's either the goat or he's, he's not good at he's all. He's RB five in all of fantasy football, though. Like I don't even know how he's doing it. Yeah, it's crazy. Impressive. That receiving week is insane. I don't even. It's baffling that he had. He almost broke his career high in one game over the entire season. Like over the entire season, he almost broke the career high. Yeah, no, it was bad. Like I have him on my bench. And I'm I'm looking for trade partners for him because he I'm not starting him over who I've got. So yeah. Big any, yeah. Any I have one last one, CeeDee the Lamb. He's had a great three game stretch with 41, 30, and 39 points. Obviously, this is really, really cool if you're um a CeeDee Lamb manager. And you know, if you if you're happy with your team, I'd be happy with CeeDee Lamb too. There's obviously no urgency to trade him whatsoever. This isn't like a fluke or anything. CeeDee Lamb's a great player. But if someone is willing to give you like three for one for CeeDee Lamb with some pretty decent players, I'd probably take it. Like CeeDee Lamb's not gonna get 40 points every week. So I'd probably take it. If someone's gonna give you a three for one for CeeDee Lamb. But otherwise I'd keep him. He's having a great stretch. All right, you guys ready for the ride or dies? Let's get into it. Let's start right. with you, Cole. Give us your ride or die. 
All right. You know, because it's the ride or die section. By ride or die, I mean just guy I have full trust in. I, I'm putting my team on him. And you know what? Like, of course, I'm going to go to a guy who's on my team. I'm going to go to Jameer Gibbs. I think that there's been a changing of the guard in terms of running backs at the Detroit Lions. He outcarried uh, David Montgomery this past week. And everyone was saying, oh, like, we don't know what, how he's going to be when David Montgomery gets back. He's still the, he's the lead back now. I mean, he had two. He's getting goal line touches. Both of his touchdowns this past week were from the one yard line. So David Montgomery has lost his goal line touches to Jameer Gibbs. He's lost, you know, explosive plays to Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs had uh, all he had triple as many uh, receiving receptions this past week. He's just he's the new guy. And I mean, over his last three games, he's put up 27, 30, 26. Jameer Gibbs is my guy for the rest of the year. And I'm I'm very confident in him going forward. Hell yeah. What about you, Quinn? My ride or die is going to be Jonathan Taylor. I think he's had an excellent return, and obviously there's the pressure of Zach Moss. And, you know, they're making a great one-two punch right now. But I think Jonathan Taylor is going to – he's been picking up right where he left off. In his second week, he got 11. Uh, third week back, he got 21, 10, 17, 14. I think this production is only going to continue, and he's going to have a big game coming up. Um, I remember last week during Thanksgiving, he completely popped off. Um, or actually two, that was two years ago, but Jonathan Taylor is a very, very valuable asset who doesn't have a ton of value right now. He's still probably a bit undervalued. If you have him on your team, I'd keep him. But, and if you have the ability to trade for him, I'd also trade for him. Uh, because I mean, he's been getting 18, 12, 18 and 23 carries. So I, I mean, I think. His yardage is only going to increase. He has great receiving. Um, he has a great receiving element. And I just think he's he's a great running back, obviously. He's a top five running back. So I think he's a great guy to stay with the rest of the year. Yeah, and it's like Zach Moss is getting like completely faded out. I mean, he had like one carry yeah. last week, so it is Taylor's. My ride or die. This is gonna this is a pretty big sleeper, I think. My ride or die for the rest of the season is Marquise Brown. <laughs> That's the classic, dude. Everyone is saying that right now. It's a classic. Let me just tell you. First of all, we we can talk about the obvious. Historical connection with Kyler Murray, and they played Oklahoma together. You know, they're both amazing. And then we think about Kyler Murray at the beginning of last year when D-Hop was suspended with with his whatever, steroids. The first half of the season, Marquise Brown was putting up, like, historic numbers. I mean, he was a top five receiver in fantasy. Everyone was like, it was a big deal about it in our league specifically about Marquise Brown and his yeah. value. I mean, he was a big deal last year. This year, he's going way under the radar, but people realized that when it was when there was no D Hop and it was Marquise Brown as as the wide receiver one and Kyler, you know, you know, running that offense, he he is a big deal. He's legit a fantasy superstar, and I like this pick especially because this first game back, Marquise Brown had only three targets. You know, he's 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 a, he's really down right now. Even this first game back. But I think he's going to pick up, and I am completely in on Marquise Brown, and I I'm buying into this this Cardinals offense a little bit more right now, just because of how, how good they looked. And uh, Kyler Murray is very slept on, and Marquise Brown has always been his guy. I don't know what else to say. With no real receiver besides Trey McBride, who's kind of shown he's he's a pretty good tight end. There's not a, a big the targets aren't going to go everywhere. It's going to go to just pretty much one person, and Marquise Brown 
He's super explosive. He has touch on upside. He can catch the deep bomb. He showed he can be one of those guys who gets a bunch of targets too because we saw that in the beginning of last year. He's slept on right now. Nobody's talking about him, but I, I'm all in. Rest of season, Marquise Brown. Mark my word. All right. I, I like it. I right, like it. We'll see how all three of our rider dies do the rest of the year. Yeah, I actually liked all you guys as rider dies. I, I like both of them. They're good. Yeah, I, think I like the Johnson Taylor take. I'm I'm very yeah, high thanks. on him. Well, Marlon Mack, or not Marlon Mack. Marlon but... Mack, let's go. <laughs> I have another one. I have another one. Josh oh, Dobbs, oh. for obvious reasons. He's I almost bought him too. Yeah. Dobbs, yeah. He, I mean, he's been oh. great, dude. He's got a great receiving core around him. J-Jack coming back. Yeah, JJ's coming back. And you know, the Vikings are probably gonna be down in a couple in you know quite a few games coming down the stretch. They need some wins, so I'd take Dobbs. Oh yeah, quick stat I forgot to say. Last okay, last year, the beginning of the season, in eight games when, when it was just when it was just Kyler Marquise, no D hop. Marquise averaged 17 fantasy points per game. That's pretty epic. That's like that's like low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two numbers. That that, that that's someone who I'm willing to ride with. So um, I think that wraps up the episode. This was awesome. It was great to be back. We're going to try to keep posting consistently. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram. We're going to get back into it. We're uh, a lot more free now, a lot more able to finish off the season strong in the NFL and discuss because this is what we love to do and we're hoping you love to watch. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. See you guys. See you.